Welcome back to The Nightcap, episode 18, presented by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I'm your host, Sam Cerrone, accompanied by Jack Murphy. Jack, I know it's a bit of a somber day for you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm all right, man. I didn't expect to wake up to Tom crying on his on his video telling me that he's retired, but we move on, man. You know, you can't, uh, nothing gold can stay, whatever Pony Boy, or, or golden Pony Boy. he said the Pony Boy, whatever from the Outsiders, you know what it is. I just good movie. Sad, sad, uh, sad day. I thought he'd come back for for one more ride with a different team, maybe bail out my boy McDaniel's and in, in Raiderland. But alas, it's uh, it's Mac Jones' time. Well, you know, there's always a few months when he realizes he's bored and he wants to make football games. So. He's like, you know what would be better than instead of taking care of kids and bringing them to soccer practice, like getting your head bashed in and yeah, throwing a football. So you never know, but. We had some football this past weekend, Championship Sunday. I said last podcast, my favorite football Sunday in the whole season. Let's get into these games a little bit. Even yeah. though, even though this was, this is, I mean, in recent memory, one game was a blowout. We saw you know two quarterbacks go down for the 49ers. Well, and also, it was not to cut you off. It was a tease because I think we clearly would have gotten a good game if Brock. Maybe it's just an eagle, easy Eagles dub, but. Josh Johnson, man, like he's one and nine. He's played on like thirteen different teams in ten seasons. Like he was in the XFL a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. And the the Niners did not quit. You know, the game was not over. I mean, yeah, it was twenty one nothing at at half after a uh, um, after the Eagles respond to the t- Niners tying it up with a touchdown, recovering a fumble, and then scoring that right before half. So yes, that was a. Uh, you know, got out of hand, but there's nothing they can, they can do without Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy starts off the game four for four, injures his UCL, and people are saying, "Oh, this 49ers team is a plug and play type of team." But they do really nothing, virtually with nothing, with Josh Johnson in the lineup. I, and I don't know what they're expecting. I mean, yes, the guy like he's been the number two. Shocked he wasn't better. I should be shocked. I mean, you know, they're on their fourth quarterback. You know, they're. They're not going to find anything. But there's a reason they went to Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy had the chance to be doing something because he's got potential. He's a rookie. He's never played in the NFL before. There's no tape on him. You know, he could he could have been a superstar out of the seventh round pick, even though, yeah, the odds on that are what, 0.5%. But it could have happened. And, I mean, he almost – he was basically a superstar. His run was – it was special. Yeah. But then, yeah. it comes to an end at some point. We have the Eagles going to another Super Bowl. I think was it five years ago where they upset your Patriots. Um, I mean, nothing really special out of this game for the Eagles. I mean, they just, you know, kind of controlled the the line in both, you know, sides, offense and defense. So it was tough to watch this, you know, this 49ers team. That was so special for this whole season to kind of go down in this fashion. Yeah, you feel for them, but, like, they got to get the quarterback under under control, you know, like. I just too many. I'm shocked. They've had so many injuries at quarterback. Yeah. It's been such a revolving door for them, and this was like, this was the icing on the cake of like, their whole quarterback carousel since Kyle Shanahan got there. They, they've made what three NFC Championship games, made one Super Bowl. The only time they had some stability at quarterback, they made that Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's, it's tough for the Niners. I think the Niners have another year. It would have been cool to see them team up with Tom Brady. That's not happening. The Eagles also just 
you know, the Eagles are just so deep. But I'm very interested to see if they can even win this Super Bowl. I mean, they, they have the talent to, but I just this sit, I just feel like this game is set up. We're, we're going to be able to talk about this game, break it down for the next two weeks. But my initial thing on this game has just been Jalen Hurts did not look good in that AFC Championship game. He has not looked that good since recovering from his shoulder injury. I just I just see this being um, that Niners Chiefs Super Bowl again. They punched the um, Chiefs in the mouth. This uh, being the Eagles go up 10, 15 points, and then it becomes the quarterback can't close the game. Mac, Patrick Mahomes can throw for fifty yards on one play and come back. Even though this Eagles team, I feel like is a little better suited for when they go up. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think. I think in this game, the Eagles realized they were up. And Nick Sirianni was like, I'm not going to really push Hurts too much. I don't think it was a matter of him, you know, not looking too good versus him not really wanting to overextend himself. But, like, comparing this Eagles team to that 49ers team, you know, Jalen Hurts is a much more electric, you know, play playmaker than Jimmy Garoppolo was. You know, I think the receiving core of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they're, they're a lot better they're a lot better than that 49er team was that played the Chiefs a few years ago in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a closer game, and I think I, I mean we'll we'll do our predictions later in the episode, but we'll discuss that in a bit. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I mean, what you said on the offense is true. I feel like the the defenses are kind of similar. Yeah. Like those nine that Niners defense um, had all. The, I mean, you know, their boy DeForest Buckner before they had to get rid of him. Like it was the more experienced um, guys who they've let go, and then rookie Nick Bosa just getting pressure all game the linebackers weren't as good as as they are now which i feel like kind of compares to the eagles because now they have green lawn fred warner this being the niners i think they had fred warner on that super bowl team but he wasn't fred warner you see now the eagles don't have anyone special special at linebacker and then i would i just feel like the secondaries are similar too because i don't know everyone loves darius slay maybe he is i don't think he's a true like stud stud number one like he makes big plays but like is he the only guy who really is locked up is Jay Jettas. Yeah, I mean, that was Kirk in prime time. So who knows that if, too. if that was a fault of Kirk or the skill of Slay. But I think a lot of these, you know, these Eagles, you know, defensive fronts, like they're off. Or obviously, we know their defensive line is incredible. But I think, you know, their middle linebacker, their linebacking core, their secondary, a lot of, you know, by committee. They kind of rally together as a group, and that's what makes them so outstanding. But I think just comparing this roster to the Chiefs roster, like they're they're better at all on all aspects besides the quarterback and probably head coach. Well, that's my uh, you know I don't mean to like come off as the Eagles because the Eagles this is a team game you know and I feel like that's what get, the Eagles should have the advantage here. But as much as I wanted to see Joe Burrow and the Bengals win um, this uh, past Sunday, something in the back, I'm not saying I I mean predicted the the uh, onslaught of penalties. I remember my buddy at work was telling me, he's like, I just feel like the the Chiefs are going to get some type of call that just sets them up for the win late. And, that, and that's, that is what happened. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, like, I mean, dude, they had a, uh, right, we're, we're pivoting now. We're making the pivot to the Chiefs because I'm, I, I think the thing that's really gotten me, uh, especially as a Patriots fan, all, all the stuff I've heard about how, you know, we've gotten calls. Sure. You always get calls when you're the first seed, uh, AFC championship game, you're the home team. Like, you have a favorite go to the Super Bowl, yeah, you know, you're going to get a call here and there. 
but I've never seen a team get a whole play put back onto yeah. the field. Like, to just forget fourth down happened. We're just going to replay third and nine, even after they, like, corrected it. I mean, I don't really understand the full reasoning they used. And, I mean, no one's really asking any questions about it in the big media. I feel like most people are talking about the trade-off of the Burrow non-call. Some people brought up the Joe Mixon, like, he took the helmet out of bounds as he was out in, like, the third quarter versus how Mahomes ended. Well, even on that Mahomes play, I think it was Sam Hubbard or Trey Henderson were getting, you know, aggressively held during that, that you know, late push out of bounds that subsequently set them up for the, the winning field goal. But, yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta just look at this game and just feel that the it was tilted a little bit into the Chiefs' favor, which is obviously, you know, Joe Burrow didn't play the best. He had some, you know, some shining moments, but it was a little a little head scratching at some points. But well, and the Skymore punt return to call back there, two block in the backs. Earlier in the game, there was a big punt return by I think it was Sky Moore, and they called it back. And it harder it seemed like a harder to make call. It was on the opposite side of the field versus the big one. There was a block in the back, literally right in front of Sky Moore returning the ball. Like yeah. when they showed the replay, it's just like okay, like I understand you don't like, but I don't know. It, it uh. I'm not going to sit here and call the NFL rigged, but man, did it just come off, come off terrible. I think Adam Schefter reported like after the game that the NFL had said we have a, a referee problem. It's the worst it's been in years. I mean, can you remember? You can think back to the first, I think it's Pete Carroll's first year in Seattle or Russ Wilson's. Oh, the year. fail mary. Yeah, the fail mary. You know, you have the scab year of the with the refs. That was pretty horrendous, but. I mean, I, 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 I those are the replacement refs. Yeah. So I just think it's time that they add the sky judge. Yeah. You know, like it just the. Th- I mean, the um, what do we get? We we still got the USFL. It was the AAF, American Alliance, Alliance, American Alliance of Football, or something. something like that. They had the sky judge. I'm pretty sure, and like, it was a good idea. It worked. Yeah. Like I just I don't understand. They, like you just have it. As some little little balance between the refs, you know, they call the game and everything, but like, you know, when Devonta Smith his his catch, like you don't even need to get challenges. Like, literally, like I can be watching upstairs in New York or something. Just I have the rules right next to me, and I'm watching the game, and I see Devonta Smith drop it, and I just call in, I click my button or whatever on a microphone like I was speaking into right now, and I just click change, all of a sudden I'm in the ref's ear, or one of those ref's ears, and I'm saying, he dropped it. It's incomplete. Make the call. And you just you just go. You just go. Like, it just it would no, speed sure, up everything. I mean, that would take so much, like, discrepancy about all these games that people are, you know, we should have won this game, that team should have won that game. I think it would yeah, definitely iron out some of the, the poor officiating in, in football. Yeah, I don't know. I, um... I don't, I don't think we'll get it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is the offseason that people would try to finally make a push for it. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, you know, after the Bills-Chiefs, you know, playoff game a few years ago, they were trying to make the change of overtime. And then, you know, probably hopefully this game will, will make some change, will allow some changes to happen. I mean, even in basketball, LeBron James had that crazy foul, and they were already talking about, you know, having a, a sky judge in basketball as well. I mean, they need they need something because they're just wasting the technology. Obviously, people have been complaining about officials since before replay, you know, way before we were born. And since they added replay, I bet, you know, 
it probably just made people even more frustrated because, I mean, it, we're, we're there in a similar place probably that we are now. I just it's always been something people have complained about, and you know they still got us coming back because the NFL man they can win a game like it makes it feel rigged. We can complain about it for two days, and then once Maybe the next game's on Sunday, we'll uh, we'll turn it on. But at this point, it's just getting a little ridiculous. They got to uh, they got to make a change. But I don't want to make it seem like that's the whole reason the the Bengals lost. I think that the Chiefs out executed them, especially in that first half. I just feel like it, it, the the unfair part for me comes comes in where I just felt like Cincinnati would be getting going, and then there'd be some penalty or yeah. something that would just stop their momentum. momentum. But you know, I, uh, Mahomes played great. Um, he just like just took control of like that that MVS touchdown. That was just like a, a lightning rod right to mm. you know, just no other quarterback in the NFL could make that that throw. Their responses were big. You know, I mean. Cincinnati, like, wouldn't go back, even though, like, things were not going their way. They're down 13-6. They force a three and out to start the second half. They go down and score. Kansas City resets. They go down and score. So, it's just uh, – and Kansas City could have really put um, the nail on the coffin if they finished that drive where Mahomes fumbled. Yeah. You know, he just dropped the ball. I think they were, like, the 50 or the 45. So, you know, a field goal. Uh, makes it 23-13. Say they score, it's 27-13. You know, the the Bengals got there, tied it up at 20 because of that Mahomes fumble, capitalizing on the, you know, inside 50-yard um, field field position that they had. So, it was still a good game. I think uh, I think we're going to see these teams for a while. You know, you don't want to say that because yeah. it's uh, football and you never know who gets hurt. You never know what's going to happen. But it's just, you know, you just have the um... – you just have your Bengals, you know, talking a lot before the game. Eli Apple, you know, and that, and then the whole Twitter world just goes after him. And and then, you know, the linebacker, Ase, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He pushes, you know, Osai, um, I think. Osai, he pushes Mahomes out of bounds, destroys his knee in the process, probably. And then he's getting yelled at by his teammates in the locker room after the game. I mean, kind of just, you know, fell apart for these Bengals and just. Jermaine Pratt yeah. saying some stuff. Like, it's my last game. Why would you but the, push the quarterback? Did you see uh, B.J. Hill, though, what he said? Like, he went and – I think he's a D-tackle for the Niners. I don't, I've never really heard of him, but he was teammate of the season because they're asking Osai all these questions because, you know, he's made the mistake of the game. He's crying. B.J. Hill comes up to him, and he's just like – one guy asks a question, and I just, you know, like, what are you – you know, the guy's crying here. Like, yeah. it was something – Totally unnecessary. And BJ Hill's just like, come on, man. Like, get out of here with that crap. Next question. It, it just, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was teammate of the season right there. I mean, and then, like, what was it, CBS? They were just panning the camera on him every every five seconds during the, the Lamar Hunt trophy, you know, presentation. Yeah, it's just the opposite side of victory. The yeah, getting a defeat. Bear, you know, Kelsey calling out the Cincinnati Bears. Just that was pretty funny, though. New rivalry in football. That was pretty funny, though. Yeah. I'm not going to uh, – the passion in that, like the way he called him a jabroni, is a uh, um, all-time great quote. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a fantastic moment for the Chiefs fans. But I don't know. Is the script on? Arian Foster <laughs> said the script's on. Yeah, and the script called for Arian Foster, you know, tears hamstring and just become irrelevant in 2014. That's it. If, if for anyone who's not seen that clip, I highly recommend them. I think – what's their – I never realized that PFT 
and Arian Foster had their own yeah, podcast it's separately. Macro dosing, I think, with you know those two and Philly football, and they just get stoned and talk about football or, and stuff. But yeah, they were saying something about how they were doing a pretty good job at it, and then that guy asked that question at the end. But yeah. like, <laughs> what did you think when the NFL gave you the script that said you would have to get brain damage and a torn ACL and have to retire? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Good, it was good, you know, it's your goal. Um, so if we're looking at, I don't know, I don't want to make a pick yet. I need to like process it for a week. Where do you lean? I mean, like, come on, there's a whole nother, like, you know, we've already had one arrest, something with a backup old lineman for the Eagles getting arrested. You know, it's a long week, man. You never know. Maybe Travis Kelsey gets a little too crazy at a club. I mean, I know they're in Arizona, but you never know. If it was in Miami, this would be totally a game to wait for, but. I'm leading the Eagles. I mean, the, the I think the the lines are set, you know, in favor of the Eagles currently. I just think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think they have an overall better roster besides the quarterback position. And I think that, you know, it didn't look hobbled in, you know, the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, but who knows, this this front seven for the Eagles is pretty formidable. So they could cause some, you know, some hectic, hectic you know, warned, unwarranted throws by Mahomes. I, Chiefs online is pretty good, though. Chiefs O-line is pretty solid. But, you know, you have Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, you know, Brandon Graham. It's pretty great. You are are seeing also, I think, a big, like, the uh, Chiefs' wide receivers are thin. They are thin. They did not, like, really replace. I think they saw it over multi-years, so they're not, like, they didn't plan on replacing Tyreek Hill in year one. And you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill himself, but... The idea of Tyreek Hill needs to replace, and that starts with bringing on Juju in the slot. But I mean, their their outside receivers being MVS, like an Aaron Rodgers cast off. Like, yes, I know he made some big, big plays, but it's not like he's ever going to be a true one or two. He's a three, and he's their one right now. I think it's just a matter for the Eagles if they want to win this team, this game. They need to lock up Travis Kelsey, which is you know a very tall task. But also, I think. Isaiah Pacheco is one of their more explosive players on offense, so they, so they need to focus on him a little bit as well. But then you get a couple guys from the Chiefs got hurt, right? And then Pacheco leave that game injured, or was that McKinnon? I mean, McKinnon doesn't really – he doesn't do too much. Well, I mean, hey, McKinnon, McKinnon had that nice little um, ending stretch where he just – I think it was McKinnon because I saw a video of Pacheco dancing in the in the locker room after, so I don't know if he can be injured then. Okay, I thought he took, like um, – because people were saying about how what's his name came out there, um, the back uh, Ronald Jones made his appearance, former uh, former Buccaneer. Buccaneer. No, I just Jarek McKinnon's only like he's only there for passing, but he ended up with uh, nine touchdowns and over five hundred yards receiving. He can't run the ball. That's so they need Pacheco to to run it. But I was impressed with Jarek McKinnon because he came out of nowhere, and I've always felt bad for him because. Um, Guys who just get hurt before they even get on the field, man. Like he tore his ACL in like a workout, and that just that just that's just brutal. No, that's just like a very unfortunate part of, of sports in some respects. So I don't know. I um I think that I would probably lean the Chiefs because I think Mahomes is just a superhero, and I wouldn't be shocked if they like. Also, Jalen Hurts. I just feel like he's due to make. Make a mistake on the big stage because he hasn't been there. 
It's just he does not have Tua. That's so cliche, but I feel like it's cliche enough for the Super Bowl. We get into the, the coaching carousel a little bit going on. Yeah. So, what did you think of that? How did uh how did they wind up with Sean Payton? I thought that Sean Payton would wait. Oh well, wait. You know what? Slow down. Did you see the report? The Adam Schefter, Ian Rav report, like opposite reports. No. Let me pull it up really quick because they literally tweeted at like the same time, and so come on, not too much dead air in between. So we'll just, I'll recap right now. We have Sean Payton traded to the Broncos. We have D'Amico Ryan's signing with the, uh, the his you know former team, the Houston Texans. And then got this report that we're you know waiting on. But I, all right, ready? All the Colts, I found the Colts it. waiting. Which wait, what what was it? Yeah, the Colts waiting for a head coach hire. But oh, okay, the Colts. Right. <laughs> um. Okay, here it is. Ian Rappaport at four forty two, um, January thirty first. The Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryan's again before he recommitted to the Texans. Sources say when he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved on and finalized Sean Payton. 13 minutes later, Adam Schefter, putting his middle finger up to the rap sheet, says something entirely different. Timing of today's two hires were completely coincidental. Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton, didn't make any contact this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton. Houston focused on Ryans. I, mean, I, did, I saw something. I don't know who released it, but it was like the Broncos really wanted D'Amico Ryan. That fell through. They wanted Jim Harbaugh. That fell through. So they settled for Sean Payton. Yeah, no, I know. I, uh, I would believe Rap Sheet more. Yeah, I mean, it is known that Schefter has, you know, jumped the case in many respects of his reports. And my, because my thing mostly about it is, um, you know, even though Sean Payton's probably the better coach, you know, they want an offensive guy in there instead of a defensive coach. D'Amico Ryans is the hyped up. Next, next D coordinator out of the Niners, who's yeah. just like Robert Sala, who appears to be like high energy, you know, players guy. Mm-hmm. It, it, Robert Sala appears to be working. Like you know, I wouldn't say it's worked totally. You know, who knows? It could blow up this year, but he gets a quarterback. It looks like they've got a solid shot. But I think the Broncos were probably like, you know, I think we didn't realize how much we stink. I think that's a bit like the Broncos' points went up with. Um, when they moved Hackett off Hackett, like Jerry like Rosen, yeah, the new new OC. But I just I, I do like the Broncos played really well on defense this year. But do the Broncos have like besides uh, Sertain and uh, Simmons? I don't think they have a lot of studs. No, you know they traded Chubb to the Dolphins mid mid season because they needed to reinvest the first round. Now that was smart because Chubb's not that good. Yeah. He's not worth the money they just paid him, but like Randy Gregory was good, but you don't. I don't think you can totally like trust him because he's been out for years. And then um, I was saying I thought the Cowboys would take a hit losing him. Gregory was good, but clearly the whole thing is just they added Micah Parsons, and Micah Parsons is awesome. He's a top ten player in the entire NFL, so he makes everyone better. So you just put him on your team in your front seven. Everyone's going to look better if you use Mike Parsons right. I just don't think they're – I'm looking at their thing right now, Draymond Jones and Purcell here, their D-tackles. Like, oh, like, they're solid players, but they're nothing, like, awesome. Justin Simmons is a good player. 
And Patrick Sertain was an All-Pro this year, but like Ronald Darby's in his 30s. He's old. And their linebackers, like Josie Jewell, you know, like he's your best linebacker. He's like a off-ball linebacker, like okay. I don't know. I just I feel like they're they played really well on defense this year, but also they had a lower schedule. You know, they were like the third or fourth worst team in the AFC West the last year. So they're going to be able to cash in on that schedule again. If you want to play devil's advocate on me, I just I just do feel like Rappaport's right because it was tough to trade that first round pick. The Broncos would have loved to add a first round pick to yeah, this team. Yeah, I mean the line is also not that good either. I just think, yeah, you, there's definitely a lot to address, but like it all starts with the head coach. If this team is not good, you need a good system in there in place that you know have longevity for some of these young players. So I think kind of is worth it to get a good you know system in place that will slowly start to turn around the team. Obviously, you know they lost a lot of capital last year with trading for Russell Wilson. They lose this a lot more this year with trading for uh, Sean Payton. So it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a little tough for the. Broncos, but I think a hire like this is the step in the right direction. Yeah, it's probably what they needed to do. Um, I'm also just surprised. I thought Sean Payton would be locked in on going to a team like the Chargers or um, potentially the Bills. You brought that up like maybe the Bills can Sean McDermott. Well, but I don't think that's maybe not this year, but why? Like, probably not going to be public, but maybe behind closed doors. Sean McDermott has a you better get to the Super Bowl this year type target on your back. Like this this needs to happen. Like this is our the last two years we've been we've been favored. I mean, this past year we were the favorite. The window is slowly closing. It's slowly closing. We need to get this done or else maybe we need a new we need a new face in here to, to finish this off. Maybe we need to go offensive. So I don't know. I think that could happen. Um I mean the only two coaches other two coaches we have are D'Amico and Frank Wright to the Panthers. Love D'Amico to the Texans, even though, like, you know, the Texans have been weird with their last two hires. Maybe they should just bring in, you know, Brian Cushing as the defensive coordinator. Bring in the whole stuff. I mean, Brian Cushing, nuts. I mean, that's a, he's just, he's a crazy person. I was watching some highlight reels of him the other day, just a crazy person. When he was on Hard Knocks, dude, and he's just like, you can just tell he's just, has just so much roid rage. But yeah, I mean, I I like the, the, the hiring of D'Amico Ryan to the Texans. Or, yeah, the Texans, I think, you know, we'll see what happens in the draft if they're going to, you know. Trade up or trade go quarterback. Up or, or continue to have Davis Mills as kind of a bridge quarterback for next year. But I just think in the case of the playoffs, the final four teams were all, like, offensive-minded head coaches. Majority of the teams in the playoffs have offensive-minded head coaches. So I just think it's interesting having a defensive-minded head coach in this, you know, kind of day and age in football. Well, I do think – uh I think it could work if you had an awesome quarterback. I do feel like part of it, the AFC, I feel like the AFC is at this point where it's like, if you don't have someone awesome, maybe you just start over. Yeah. Because each division has someone awesome, like as a threat each year. Mahomes in the West, North being Burrow, East Allen, South uh, Trevor Lawrence. And then that doesn't include the West having Justin Herbert as well. That doesn't include the North having Lamar. Potentially next year. We'll see. I mean, most likely Lamar again. There's depth, and I, I don't know. I uh, If I were a team like the Patriots or a team like like the Raiders, the Raiders who just did this, like that's why they benched Derek Carr early. They did not want to get stuck to him. They know they need to move on from Derek Carr if they want to compete. Like, I just think there's a couple, like the, the Titans just realized that, I feel like, 
that they just kind of cashed in with Ryan Tannehill. They're, and having a really good running back and Derrick Henry being good on defense, being well coached, all those things can still exist. But instead of trying to win with Ryan Tannehill, you're going to need someone awesome. So, yeah, I mean, you have the draft coming up in a few months. Definitely going to be a lot of, I think, a lot of movement within the draft boards. Obviously, you have, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. I guess Anthony Richardson kind of made his way into the this, this top four quarterback. I, I don't even like what this. I saw someone on Twitter doing this. It's just it's like calling for the old ways, and I love it because look at the twenty twenty one draft. Look at the twenty like any of them. You have one or two guys who you like, and then that comes down to situation. I mean, Joe Burrow might just be awesome, you know, but like you know, some guys it's it's situation. But then clearly, some guys are just getting overhyped. Who just don't? They have one year against not as good. I mean, or even if you look at Will, Will Levis's stats, do not add up to someone who's being drafted in the first round. No, he's he's I mean, gonna be a top fifteen pick. He's gonna go to the Colts. I hope. I hope not, please. Um, but I think just people are like looking at Will Levis and you know seeing what happened with Josh Allen. Like, oh, we can we can fix him. But like the thing is, Will Levis was a highly sought after recruit. Josh Allen wasn't, so there was so much untapped potential. Will Levis was at Penn State. He transferred when he lost. You know, he, Scott Clifford was the starter. He didn't play great at Kentucky. So, I mean, I, I don't see how much potential is there when he's in these two big programs. And Josh Allen is also turning up to be like, he's he's kind of like a wild card. Yeah. Like, that guy was emailing coaches, you know, Milano or California, just begging for a chance. He got one offer, Wyoming. You know, like. I uh, I mean, isn't he from like Illinois or California? I, I just think that the, the the exposure was not there to get him any opportunities, and it took the end. Like I think he's just going to be an extreme case. Yeah. Look, look at these other court. Trevor Lawrence was all this and all that coming out. Joe Burrow was, but even Mahomes, like Mahomes, played at a at a Power Five program in a Power Five conference that may not have been awesome, but he played with coaching that had NFL background. Yeah, because Kingsbury hadn't been there yet, but he, you know, he's got his NFL ties. His offense has its connections to the top offenses in college, and you know, offensive stuff in the NFL. Just some type of connection versus Josh Allen, just kind of was like a shot in the dark. I feel like I mean, it's all just like copycat. Everybody's just trying to copy, you know, what other teams had success in. So who knows? I don't know. I do feel that uh, this draft. As we go back to the Texans and then the Panthers hiring Frank Reich, um, I do really feel like this type of draft is where one of these teams can turn their team around. I feel like they could draft a quarterback. Uh, Houston's got two picks, you know, they could set two. Just go with, you know, they're happy enough to get one of those quarterbacks. They take them, and then at twelve, they they draft another, or maybe they trade down to like twenty, get an extra pick. You can just. I feel like you could get a lot of bodies yeah. in this draft. That's the Bears. Everyone's talking about the Someone's Bears. Because I just saw a report saying, you know, the Bears are going to stay with the field, which I don't even know why. That's a question. Yeah. No, I, I just think uh, after the Arizona thing that they did with Kyler Murray, there's a yeah. – there's a um, – like that just broke so much precedence that there's now the chance that right. anyone could do that because – it's all it's all who's in charge, and anyone can flip their mind in a in a second about someone. But any other final thoughts there, Mister Sam? No, uh, we'll watch the Pro Bowl this weekend. We'll get our Pro Bowl recap next week. No, no chance to watch the Pro Bowl. How about a little uh, Ohio State getting back on track? 
tomorrow night in basketball. Yeah, we got a, a matchup with Wisco at home. Wisco's good, though. They're, like, for losing Johnny Davis, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think it'll be a, it can be a good game for them, a good tough battle for Ohio State. It's the game that could turn around yeah. this season. Uh, 100% agree. Well, thank you all for listening. Episode 18 of the Nightcap. Uh, shout out to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, as always. Shout out the other shows, the Block O Show with Tyler and Caleb. And um, the 614 check with Zachary Rodier. Check out that as the women's hockey season. Men's hockey picking up. Men's hockey big series in Penn State this weekend. I'm lucky enough to be on the call for Friday game. Saturday game going to be on national television, which was really cool. Big Ten Network. Um, and Canada's Digest, of course, with Zachary Rodier. Thank you all again. See you next week.